0: Let's start what we have come into the room to do. (laughs) Right on. Here it goes. One,
1: two, three.
2: Good afternoon, Ann Arbor. You are listening to It's Hot in Here radio on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I am your host today, Laura Smith. Uh, Kat Superfisky, my typical co host, is uh, finished for the semester and and hopefully enjoying lovely travels this week. So we'll miss her. But um, while I'm driving solo, I've got a great set of passengers today. We've got a show about labors of love, uh, past and present. We'll be spending most of our hour today with the organizers of the Ann Arbor Local Food Summit that happened earlier this month. it's an event that brings together actors from across the local food movement for you know a day of calibration, celebration, and excitement. So um, those of us who weren't able to make it that day are really excited to hear what went on. Um, at, at the end of the hour, I'd also like to preview here, we, we'll be on the phone with Matt Grokoff, organizer of the Mission Zero Festival. So if you're a green building junkie, uh, stay tuned. At the end of the hour, we'll be talking a little bit about that. Uh, to kick us off this hour, let's let's and to honor our local organizers, I'd like to start the show with a little bit of frente labor of love. <laughs>
0: To quietly clog my car. Are you waiting for a moment? Of a library of your. Life. never find you or do I feel like I'm the only survivor why am I thinking of you and me and the labor of love
2: and festival organizing is no small labor of love and today this hour we will be chatting with a number of organizers um, of the local food summit and later the Mission Zero festival um, first I'd like to do a little segment we do around here called What's in Season? It's the time
1: of the season for
2: Rhubarb. That's right. I said rhubarb. What is rhubarb, you ask? They are herbaceous perennial plants growing from short, thick rhizomes. They have large leaves. They are somewhat triangular-shaped with long, fleshy uh, petoles. Oh, you know, stalks. Um, they have small flowers grouped in large compound, leafy, greenish-white to rose-red inflorescences. That—that's you know me, you know, trying to read out a Wikipedia here. What rhubarb is? Um, basically, what is it? It's kind of like celery um, with toxic leaves, though, um, which is you know why we eat the stalks, which is the edible part. Um, the stalks are actually quite tart in flavor. And from what I know, at least with rhubarb, and my guest in the studio here can can pipe in here, but I, I only know it in desserts, things like pies mixed with strawberries um you know so it's kind of it seems like it's a kind of specialized plant in that way but
3: when when i was a kid we used to just pick it and eat it straight but maybe that's a specialized it's not so
2: tart you can't do that i mean it's it's if you like tart things i suppose all right so just pick it out of the ground but but skip the leaves right yeah yeah okay i mean this is important knowledge
3: (laughs) that's that's my understanding
2: (laughs) Um, you know, so but what I also did find out, and I did not know this, but you know, beyond just uh, you know a vegetable that gets thrown in with strawberries in a pie, it's also been used as a traditional Chinese medicine um, as a laxative. You know, so beyond its role in pies, you know, it also has a five thousand year history of being used medicinally.
3: I never had that experience.
2: Okay, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, from personal experience, I I can't speak to it, but um, you know, there's another kind of fun fact about rhubarb I have here. And that is, it, it. it's experienced an identity crisis over the years. Am I a fruit or am I a vegetable? Mm. And um, mid-century in New York, it was actually proclaimed a fruit, and I, I presume that's because how it's used in cooking. Mm. Um, though, you know, I mean, and maybe for some reason also it made the, you know, tariffs were higher on vegetables than fruits, so it made it cheaper for rhubarb to come in. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, anyway, I've rhubarb
3: <laughs> <Right>. well <laughs> culinary and botanical definitions of fruit and vegetable are, are different they those things diverge so yeah it's one of those magical ones that falls in between
2: it's okay it can just kind of be a little bit of everything we for don't have to name everyone everything. we yeah. don't it doesn't have to be categorized yeah. i love it well you know in honor of it being the vegetable part of of rhubarb i'd like to play this little song by the beach boys who knew they wrote a song about vegetables and we're, we're getting to it momentarily.
3: The thing I like about rhubarb is everybody's grandma grew rhubarb. In a lot of places, you can still find those same patches hanging out.
2: Right, because they're perennials, right? Mm-hmm. So they just keep coming back and back.
3: Yep. I'm going
1: to be around my vegetables. I'm going to chop down my vegetables. I love you most of all. My favorite
4: vegetable.
1: I jump up and down And hope you toss me a carrot I'm gonna keep well My vegetables card off and sell My vegetables I love you most of all My favorite vegetable I try Sleep a lot, eat a lot, brush you like crazy
2: Vegetables by the Beach Boys again. Who knew? No, uh, we're we're all sitting here looking at each other in the studio, thinking, "Yeah, that song." So, what do we have on the plate today? We are talking about the Ann Arbor Local Food Summit that happened April second, twenty twelve, and and who do I have in the studio? This is you know no no big mystery. We have some of the three three of the people who were deeply involved in the organizing here. Our own engineer for the show, Shannon Brines. Welcome, Shannon. Hello. And also in the studio with us today, we've got Jason Frenzel.
3: Hi, Delilah. Hey,
2: Jason. And I believe we have on the line here Lucas DeGia. Lucas, are you with us?
5: I am. Thank you.
2: Awesome. Thanks for you know you know saving the carbon footprint, right, and joining us, uh, you know, from afar. Absolutely. Cool. So so we have some heavy hitters here. Hey guys. Hey. Um, I'm really excited about this because me. I, I, probably like a number of people in this town, you know, the, the summit's on a Monday, so sometimes you know, it's hard to make it to, but I think a lot of us are really curious and invested in what, what these conversations are like. But before we get into that, I'd like to just kind of share with our listeners what, what the summit is, kind of how it came about, what it does for our, our local food movement.
3: Yeah. So as a lot of followers of the local food scene know, we have a local food festival in the autumn. It's like a harvest gathering. Um, but in town, it's at the right. Other.
2: The homegrown festival, exactly. right?
3: Exactly. Yeah. And after our after our first homegrown festival, we had a debriefing chat about from all the organizers. How how did it go? And what what is it doing? What is it not doing? One of the things that came up pretty strongly was um, a party is great to celebrate what we have, but it's not going to help move really directly move the movement forward. And so the idea of the summit came out of that conversation and a series of conversations after that.
2: And and it's. It's, you. You treat it as a summit. Is that different from a conference of sorts? I mean, is it sort of a different way of coming together around food?
6: That, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, and we talk about this a lot, actually. Is the summit a summit, or is it a conference? Um, we like to think that it's trying to be a hybrid at this point of both. I mean, originally the idea was to get stakeholders, you know, people who are doing major, you know, things here in the local in the local food together and just get them to meet each other and talk um i mean that was one of the main goals of the original one so summit seemed like a a good name but it's still a good name um but we we're we're expanding the movement's growing all are invited in fact i think that's something that we should mention right now maybe too is this i mean completely a grassroots situation every fall every november uh, we try to get you know just a call out for anyone who wants to come together and And plan the summit.
2: I mean, that's kind of one of the interesting things about the summit, right? Is we're not just talking food growers, food producers, the people that are at the farmers' market behind the scenes. We're talking a lot of different people, right? Yeah. So, who are some of the the players here? I mean, I've been to one. You know, even as just a little, you know, dorky PhD student who doesn't even study food, but was an interested community member, right?
3: (laughs) Well, one of the reasons we do have it on a, on a Monday or during the week is a lot of the folks that, that we want to attend are farmers and restauranteurs, and work and coming to an event on a weekend is nearly impossible for, for those groups. Um,
6: having said that, you can't please everyone, though. So we do try to move it around, and, and we might be trying some various other days, but we've hit a lot of the weekdays at this point, having f- had four of them. Nice. Um, I think one way to represent the people that come to the summit is also just looking at the people that help plan it. So maybe Lucas and and Jason can help me out, but we should probably give a call out to, or just a shout out to folks that helped us uh, plan it real quick. Yeah. Uh,
5: absolutely. I, I want to give a shout out to Amanda Gallagher, who was uh, actually, I think, involved through um, through some of her studies at the school of, uh, she's going to be going to the School of Public Health, but she's coming from you know a health standpoint. Um, and there were a lot of other students, I think, another person definitely to give a shout out to would be uh, Nikki Malgram, who is another student who was just really interested in a local food scene. And, and I come from the standpoint of community gardening, and I feel like being part of the local food summit and local food scene is really important to me as a gardener, a backyard gardener, and kind of getting more people from the community gardens more connected to the local food scene.
6: Yeah, and all three of those were first-year um, first, first year, you know, planners. Um, but,
5: and last-year planners. I don't know if I can do this again. Oh, <laughs> you're not Uh-oh. supposed to say that on air. <laughs>
6: no, it's fun, I'll, I'll people. It's fun. For sure. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? We had Stephanie Stoffer bringing the urban gardening right, side right. from uh, Nightshade Industries, right? Isn't that the name of her uh, yep. business? Mm-hmm. And Kim Baer, of course, is a uh, stalwart in the in the movement with us.
2: Yeah. So, so there's. I mean, I think that's really interesting. So basically, we have people coming from this. This is not your day job, planning this festival, right? You, everybody's really busy, right. and you know, farming, gardening you know, doing other kinds of um, local activism for the food movement. I mean, this Monica is on Patel top. Monica Patel
6: from 350.org. Right. Monica's as been well As well um, as the Ecology Center was really active this year. And Hilary Bisnet has been with us a couple of years. Um, well, I think, well, at least two or three years. And uh, organized all the food, which we'll talk about at some point here, too. And she's also at the Ecology Center.
2: So another question I have, uh, you know, is... I think about that this summit, you know, you it came it kind of arose organically out of a need to have like not just a party but also conversations. Is this something that to your knowledge other food movements and other cities they do they do something like this? Is this kind of special?
3: We're always special
6: here. In yeah, Ann Arbor, we're totally aren't we? special. <laughs> We'd like to think we're special, right? <laughs> I the word I I mean, I think everyone has a little different take on it. Um I we might have been a little bit early to the to the ball game, so to speak you know, sort of trying to organize things like that. But something that happens within the localization movements is you're so focused on your local little region that you maybe don't necessarily always see all the other um, types of regions that are doing very similar things. So I would say at this point, there's a lot of this action going on in regions and communities across the U.S. and probably wherever. And and that's really exciting to see.
2: Yeah, I I would wonder if there are communities actually looking to your model of having a summit like this. We've
6: heard from a couple. Yeah, yeah, and, and as, yeah. Uh, also with our homegrown festival actually there's there's been a few people that have inquired just about
3: you know how you got going and, and saying that they want to replicate something like that and that's that's really exciting right and and there's been inquiry about um, reproducing it locally too so is the summit you know how regional is a summit how local is the summit it's the same with the festival and can it be reproduced in what ways in our neighborhood communities in our neighboring communities
1: oh for sure
3: and I think one of the little thing we could just say right now is another way to
6: describe why the local food summit might be to hear why we're willing to help plan. Um, so I would say I'm willing to help plan because, um, I think our local food system is just a really exciting way to help change the world, to help relocalize, um, some of our things. And it can be such a win win situation with, um, developing sort of our local economy as well as just local community and often local food, if you know where it's coming from and how it's been prepped and handled and all that, is probably going to be healthier for you. So that, that gets me real excited about it. I don't know what Lucas or Jason wants to uh,
3: I I come after it from the environmental standpoint. My work is environmental proponency. Is that a real word? It's
2: advocacy, proponency. Advocacy. I, I like mm. it exactly. either way.
3: Um, and so the, the localization movement in general food industry of any sort – um, it is environmentally minded in a way because we're you, not spending as much time and energy moving things in, around. And you, you, you tend to understand what the externalities, anybody that studied this in, in school, the, the idea of things that we don't see that are part of the cost of, of a process. And when it's local, you, you, you kind of get that. You understand the weeds that have to be pulled to get the food on the table, if it were, as it were.
2: How about you, Lucas? What, what motivates you to do this work?
5: My my personal mission and being part of the local food system, and I'm, I'm pretty new to it, is just in helping other people make that transition. Um, the community gardening part of it is getting people to take that first step into the garden. And even at the Food Summit, where you've got some pretty high-level conversations going on, a lot of experts, people who are really into it, there were also people who are novices, people who just wanted to learn more. And, you know, it's really important to me how that functions as a way to give access and also as a place for people with new ideas to kind of bring that to the forefront and just have people who want to be a part of part of this giving them a space to come and i i guess i would mention just that we had done um, a special activity at the summit if we're going to talk about that today that i thought was really amazing uh, helping people get their new ideas out there
6: yeah excellent Maybe we should get to the summit. Do we want to? Yeah,
2: let's let's do a little <laughs> tune first, and and you know, first I mean I just want to first, let's let's take um, a music break and then come back and talk a little bit more about um, what ha- what happens at the summit, um, some of the big conversations that are happening about local food here in Ann Arbor. So, you know, before that, what do you think, Shannon?
6: Well, I just wanted to ask what song you guys wanted to hear. <laughs>
2: well, I hear Lucas does some uh, rapping about local food.
6: That might be a good segue because that also started out this. The Summit Awesome (laughs) Yes it was awesome Lucas do you want to Tell me which one to play
5: Yeah let's do Let's do Farmer's Anthem Because I was Real excited to see All the farmers uh, At the Summit this year And uh, be able to talk With them And share with them Some of my music
3: Let's give this a try
5: This was at the uh, Dance for the Earth A few weeks ago
3: Which was also An amazing show Lucas Thank you
4: (laughs) (laughs) My name is Homegrown This is Food. You gotta give it up For the farmers right Love my farmers. Come on everybody, get to dancing.
2: Because that is totally awesome. Thank you. Thank and then, you. so this is how the summit started, the day. I can't imagine I mean <laughs> I, I can't imagine showing up to a local food summit and just having that kind of energy. You know that's amazing.
5: I'm glad you you mentioned energy because um, I feel like where my project is going is really kind of trying to harness that excitement that I have. Just being, you know, just becoming exposed to the local food system in the past couple of years, and uh, hip hop's really got that. That's what people expect is a lot of energy and excitement. So I want to take that excitement that maybe directed towards partying or or drinking, and kind of directed towards the food system.
2: Gardening, for example.
5: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm just really passionate about it, and uh, you know I wanted to give it up to the farmers. So we'll do we'll do lots more of that. Maybe we'll have to do a reskilling song too. Ooh, yeah, that,
1: I love it.
6: It was such a great way to start Summit. Lucas, do you want to mention um, rap for Food real real quick? Sure. Here?
5: Yeah. So um, I mentioned earlier just kind of being, helping people transition, getting exposure to it. So my project I'm working on right now is called Rap for Food. And our mission is to support localization, sustainable food systems, and youth gardening through the arts. So it's, it's something very new for me. Um, we're actually having our first mass meeting on May 14th. That's a Monday at 7 p.m., location is to be determined, but you can get in contact with me at Lucas at Rap for Food, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Rap for Food or rapforfood.org to get involved. And we're going to be doing a lot of different events this summer. We're doing music at the Wednesday night farmer's market and I'm potentially doing the Water Hill uh, or the uh, Mission Zero Festival that I know you guys are going to be talking about later. So Sweet. just trying to get out there and support all these movements any way I can, which is Mainly through music, because that's
6: that's my my passion. Nice. So if we can set the stage a little bit, so Monday, April second, picture everyone's showing up at Washtenaw Community College about eight o'clock in the morning.
3: About three hundred people.
6: Three hundred people getting getting their coffee and a wonderful breakfast. Um, uh, we're not going to be able to mention all the people that contributed food. I'm I'm sorry, but um, if you go to localfoodsummit.org, we'll try to get some of those details dozens summarized and up there. Of donations. There was that's lots fantastic. of donations and things like that, but we had wonderful local food br- uh, breakfast. People stroll into the auditorium, you know, some of them a little still sleepy-eyed. And honestly, it was a little bit of a last-minute decision. Um, not that we didn't... Um, I don't know why we hadn't come up with it before, but all of a sudden, having seen Lucas rap a few days before and, and the night before at a, a kickoff event, we were all like, yeah, let's start it that way. <laughs> and I'd have to say, I i think it really did energize the crowd. It was really, really exciting. There there was probably 85%, 90% of the people were just... Blown away, most most likely. There were a few that looked. W- we're wondering if they're in the right spot. I'm thinking, but um, <laughs> but that's good. We we like. To then they heard the word pu- food in it, and yeah, like, we, All right, like to, this we like to push the like I think it's great.
2: I like it.
5: Well, we'll have to do some more of that next year for sure.
6: Yeah. Um, you want what happened after that, Jason?
2: Yeah, so so here this kind of kicked off the day, but what what did it kick off? What was going on? You know I know that there were conversations all day. The year that I went, there was a really amazing um, recap of all the local food successes. you know that was like the year the grange had opened and other things yeah. like that. And I just I was almost in tears just watching it all unfold in front of me. Did you do that again this we, year? So we
6: continue to do that. That's called our local food victories. Um, and actually we really tried to build off of that, seeing that as a strength. We tried to build off of that this year, and what we did was we tried to go with a the theme of local food victories of the past, of the present, or mm-hmm. you know current day, as well as thinking about local food victories that we need in, for the future. Nice. So that was sort of this overarching theme. Um, so after Lucas, wa- you know, really energized the crowd, um, we had uh, a keynote who was introduced by um, a local curator, um, Jan Longoni is the curator of the Janice Blue, Blue saint I'm going to screw this up, sorry. It's someone, a culinary archive video basically, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, here at the Clements Library. So she introduced the keynote speaker, who was Larry Massey, who's a historian and an author. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of that, but Jason and Lucas saw some, so they should it's chip a, on that. A but,
3: bit of it. And the, 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 amazing. The funny thing that, that comes around to our conversation today was uh, a big portion, or a significant chunk of what he talked about was celery. Yeah. But he was as a as a historian. He was he was great. He was weaving a a, a really interesting tale about how food is interacted with w- w- with our history, and so making that that historical tale also present day and 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 applicable. And
2: is, I mean, localized to Michigan as well. Was that his focus? I'm guessing to yeah. some yeah. degree. Oh, to some degree. Yeah. Okay.
6: Yeah. yeah. no, there was a lot on Michigan. In fact, the title of the talk was. Rubaboo, Kalamazoo, and pasties—two aspects of Michigan's culinary heritage.
2: Beautiful.
6: So that was uh, our launch into the history. Sorry, Lucas, you want to say oh, something?
5: Oh, I just wanted to say, as I guess, as someone who's fairly new to it, like a lot of people, I think my maybe younger people think that there's something new going on with the local food scene, local food system, and there definitely is. But it was really awesome to see the history and the fact that this is kind of more like the way things used to be, and that you know really forms my understanding pretty yeah.
3: well. Yeah. I think that that's really poignant, in that all of our grandparents gardened you know and, and and the system is different than it was then the whole economic system, you know the national national scale, everything's a lot different than it was a hundred years ago, so you going back to those systems directly doesn't work either so reinventing old systems and and using the knowledge that some of us carry with us um, from those interactions with past generations can be really valuable and then meaningful for the for the individuals also
2: i mean i'm guessing that there's sort of a whole span of um, technological engagement in the crowds at these at these at the summit right you know you have people on all different sides of the the food uh, movement Right. Right. So you probably have people that are have very folksy yep. methods. Um, we had methods. A group that
3: was live blogging for us throughout the day. I, and,
2: you know. I and thank goodness for that. It was really cool to be sitting at SNRE just kind of reading the blog posts as they as they showed up. Um, that was a really cool feature. Which I mean, yeah, again, kind of shows this high tech.
6: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that was students from didn't... Eastern Michigan University who just approached us and like said, "Hey, we'd like to help you um, get the word out, as well as maybe like live blog while during the day." And, so be it. That's a so fabulous I live blogging idea. about historical professor speaking about uh, local <laughs> three-foot celery or something like that. I still need, still need to look it, that one up. It's really
5: similar to the local food movement, too. I mean, we talk about technology allowing everybody to express themselves, have a voice, have their own kind of format, you know, whether it's video or music. And when the food, it's the same thing. You know, I'm growing my own food just like I'm making my own music or, you know, keep putting my opinion out there online. So I, I think technology is going to provide a lot more opportunity for for the homegrown food movement mm-hmm.
6: I think yeah so we had this keynote sort of grasping at or framing this local food victories of the of the past then we, we had a short break and we moved into local food victories sort of of the present day and of the future so local food victories of the present was a was a wonderful act, speaking of, of technology sort of a, a nice um, techno blitz lots of photos of things going on that amanda gallagher had put together um and i think that was really moving again you
2: know can, just can we get a, a just a, a quick kind of you know blitz here of, of some of those ones that come to mind i oh mean
3: boy so there's the Washna food hub the ipsy uh, kitchen food,
6: yeah and, and the food um growers um i'm gonna get this wrong uh whatever it what was it called Food Growers Coalition or something like that. I'm sorry, sorry, folks. Um, The Michigan Young Farmer Coalition. uh, Yep. uh, Tillian was mentioned because um, it had um, um, produced, you know, its first year of three new farms starting at that farm business incubator here. One of which has already
3: spun off to have their own land. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: Um, what about Jeff and Lisa? Were there um, hoop hoop tastic? Uh, I think there was victories? mention of the of the
3: victories from so last summer. Because last summer was twenty and twenty, yeah, twenty hoops in twenty days. Was there? Mm-hmm. Did they do last it year.
2: last summer? Did they succeed?
3: I, I think it was close. It was close,
2: yeah. 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 I mean, that's a pretty ambitious, really cool goal.
3: Twenty is a lot of fingers and toes.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
6: Also, local land preservation was mentioned because uh, we are now over about nine thousand acres locally between all the the non and the government and municipal programs that are now going on, um, 9,000 acres of farmland alone have been sort of preserved. Washtenaw County. We're we talking right? Washtenaw. Well, it, yeah. In the, in mm-hmm.
3: the, sorry, Washtenaw County. I mean, within Washtenaw yep, County. I mean, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh,
2: very cool. So, I, I mean, I just love hearing about all of it here because it's just all together. You know, you hear about one single efforts here and there throughout the year, but to kind of see it all together really feels like we're yeah. there's a movement. Right.
3: And well, the, the interesting thing through the process of planning this year's summit, which, which was was not the case in the previous years, w- at least in my estimation is that it's really hard to know everything that's going on now because it's moving from grassroots to a little bit more mainstream. And so you get lots more people doing things in their own backyard and their own neighborhood. And so it's hard to, hard to hold it all anymore. And and that's the challenge of keeping the summit a summit instead of a conference is it's, it's not centralized as much as it was just a few years ago. And then, wow. so. yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, just like we can't come up with a complete list
6: of what we even tried to present that by no means was even a complete list of everything that's going on but um we will try it. if that's not already up at the localfoodsummit.org it will be shortly and there's kind of a slick presentation to see the local food victories of the of the present from that we we hopped right into something we were really nervous about doing to some extent because it was kind of open source <laughs> on the fly if you will but we essentially just asked the crowd if there were ideas for local food victories of the future. There, there was already, going into it, we had eight or ten sort of ideas that were lined up that people essentially got up on the stage and were going to pitch in one-minute little pitches. And then we also just had people from the crowd come down and pitch their own one-minute pitches as well for ideas. Lucas, cool. do you remember? Some, you want to highlight some of the ones that were, were pitched?
5: Sure. Um, I... And I also just wanted to add, there were people who were actually walking down to do their pitch during the exercise. You can just see the looks on their faces. They're like, you know, I have this idea. I wasn't going to say anything, but I've, I've just got to go for it. And yeah. that was the amazing part of it. Um, I know that Eric Campy was pitching his uh, seed company idea, yep. which I really liked. And um, and Kim was, this one I really like, um, wanted to do, convince Blue Cross Blue Shield to do um, – Reimbursements for CSAs, or to cover, you know, CSAs, and Mm. another one I really liked was to was a cooperative healthcare um, group for farmers to get, um, you know, easier access to healthcare, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. So the the goal, the the summit being a summit, is try to get people to together to, to make something bigger happen that we can't predict and we can't look for. Uh, we don't know what it'll be. And, and there are a number of successes from previous summits where we say, I think that those people started that conversation <laughs> at, at the table at those events, but you, you, you can never really trace it directly. So our intention behind setting up a number of different networking um, scenarios at the summit is to to give all these people who are new and really experienced in, in this, to to interact in a focused way um, so, so therefore upping the ante, upping the, the possibility of, of something magical happening. And we, we upped the ante by, by saying that anybody that came back with some, some measures of successes and had a few meetings and, and uh, an itinerary, some sort of budget, that we're gonna, we, we set aside some of the money from the registration to, to help fund a couple of these projects. Just a small, nice. small uh, mini-grants. I mean
2: yeah. I I like that is it from an organizing standpoint which you know all of you are really you know involved in the trying to craft what this day is like and it's not like you're coming to the crowd with here's what happened, here's what we know. It's like a you're trying to set a stage or kind of make support the networking and these unexpected interactions that you know, just the magic of having all these people in one space together.
6: Yeah. yeah. Well we're really excited to hear you say that. <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> that's what we're hoping people will take from that and we by no means represent there is at least 15 to 20 i think actually closer to 20 pitches um which again will be up on our on the local food website if they, they aren't already um because we're encouraging anyone that's interested in those topics to basically sort of try to you know contact the people that were pitching that and try to further those networkings um along it seems like we should take a music. Yeah, party,
2: I was yeah. just thinking that. You know, actually, I'm wondering if we should go to. Um, you know, this is in the spirit of organizing, and I, I have experience with a little bit of this kind of community-based organizing. And I pulled out a song by the Magnetic Fields um, called "Chicken with Its Head Cut Off," um, which is a little bit how it feels sometimes getting these getting these kinds of major events together.
3: Certainly, um, how I felt.
2: So let's 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 have a listen and then come back. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about some of the outcomes of the festival, some of the things you hope to see.
7: Not too stupid Intelligible And cute as Cupid Knowledgeable But not always right Salvageable Free for the night My heart's running round like a chicken with its head cut off All around the barnyard Falling in and out The poor thing's blinded Understand me, many dozens hope to land me. I'm for free love, and I'm in free fall. This could be love, or nothing at all. Well, my heart's running round like a chicken with its head cut.
2: It's also a song about chickens, which, you know, <laughs> mm. are also part of our local food movement. So, you know, let's let's uh talk a little bit more about the day of the of the summit. I, I hear there was a pretty raging lunch experiment that that the organizers tried this year.
3: Yeah, it was it was a fantastic and fantastic experience. Um so we we did family style, if you will. Tables in the round, eight people at a table. And there was a table captain and and people at the table that served the table. So everybody got up and went to the kitchenette and grabbed the, the soup and each course and brought it out to the table. And so it was really, really personal. It's like, again, like what we... May have done with our grandparents more often than what we do today. So that that sense of creating community around the table was the the intention there, and we heard a lot of positive feedback in the in the evaluations and after the event that that, that was really successful. It, it it's again managed chaos. It was a really interesting <laughs> experience, and I think um, we'll tweak it, and it'll it'll be if we if we do that again, we'll tweak it, and it'll it'll be better than better than it was. There was a couple. Yeah, hat,
6: hats off to Hillary net, um who organized that. From the get go, and put a lot of work into that, and
3: um, as well as um, some of her sidekicks that helped her out, which yeah. lots of support from donations of food and donations yeah. of money, because the the largest expense for the day is actually the food. Yeah, and Kendall Kendall Kunman, we should mention too, did a great job of sort of
6: following up on donations and looking for sponsors. And yep. hats, thanks for all the sponsors out there, which. I don't think we're gonna try to list because we might miss somebody. Yeah.
3: And yeah. and the other big the other big kudos for the day is to um, WCC. They host us and the the rate there for nonprofit uses is, is amazing. And they have a full service kitchen with staff. And they were able to work with us in sourcing all of our ingredients locally. Went and picked some stuff up after hours drop offs. Oh it's my jaw works. is
2: dropping! I mean, this you know, all of your you know. Crazy quotations demands, right? That are just a little out of the normal, probably of people that are typically hosting events there, right. and they were right there with you. Yeah, and cool.
3: it's just a couple, couple cooks and their their helpers, and they're great to work with. They're super nice folks. Yeah. Fabulous foods, I think is the name yeah. of the. Yep. Catering that works with WCC. Oh,
2: fabulous on multiple dimensions. Yeah. That's cool.
6: So That gets us through lunch. We should check yeah. on with Lucas. Lucas, are you still I'll, there, and do you have yeah. to
1: go?
5: <laughs> I was going to say that the other thing that happened, and there was no assigned seating, but I was sitting with a farmer, a professor in... Actually, it was Laura's um, Professor Ray. Uh, Professor uh, Ray. I was sitting with another, um, someone who was actually a musician who works for a local nonprofit, and then the fourth person was a student um, who had just happened to be walking by the summit last year and decided to attend this year. (laughs) So I got to talk to a lot of different people, uh, which was awesome about the lunch.
2: Nice. So so after lunch, I, I understand there were breakout sessions with different speakers, I'm guessing, you know, community members... Mm-hmm. Professors had, from the U, all kinds of...
3: Yeah, we had two sessions, 16 presentations, so people got to choose. Um, and yeah, professors, students teaching, farmers teaching. We had a tour of St. Joe's Farm. Yeah, um, we we had a, sort of a discussion of local
6: financing. So some members from Greenstone, which finances a lot of agricultural things, was there. Um, Jenny Trochio spoke about sort of land preservation, so if anyone in the crowd, you know, was looking to find land like that that already has an easement on it or or a program like that that would work for them as a landowner or, um, well, we had uh, food sovereignty, so a specialist from Ohio came to talk about that. Um, Sort of uh, a lot of the smaller, some smaller businesses talked about scaling up, um, how you can sort of... Get bigger, such that you can serve like universities and institutions like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas, what? Lucas, got any? Well,
5: <laughs> yeah. I um, I saw a great one. I had a Neha um, Shah from uh, King Elementary was talking about the community garden that she was building out there, and, and the state of school gardening. Alyssa Trumbull from Agrarian Adventure right. was also in on that one, and uh, she actually ended up getting the grant, and they're breaking ground on a new school garden over there. So,
3: mm-hmm. oh, great. So cool. Yeah, so the, the, the balance that we try to strike there is inviting anybody in that can learn new skills, um, and obviously we don't need to do the reskilling, the do-it-yourself sort of stuff, because that's already covered by the community, but some related stuff, so 100-level courses, if you will. But then a lot of the group is is returning, and they've, they've been activists for a long time, and so we need upper-level sort of classes also. And that that's our dilemma, is how do we strike the right balance, or how do we cover all of our bases? And one of the things that we've found key in that process is having a having a well-rounded out planning team that can that can bring those influences in both conceptually and planning and then also recruitment of those presenters so it, uh, we always have a call out to the public to, to have those presentations and to join the public plan the, the planning committee but uh, anytime anybody has any interest in, in getting involved or just bending our ear we're always willing to hear they
2: that. can find you through the through the um festival the website. The website is that the best place
6: the summit website localfoodsummit.org yeah.
2: yeah if you basically google local food Summit in arbor you're there so mm-hmm. um i mean I, w- I wanted to i mean I, I one of the questions i had was you know were there major themes that came out of it and it, what i'm kind of hearing is that there's a lot of conversation happening about a little bit of everything um you know, so I don't know. Were there kind of themes that, that I know, You again, you guys were organizing and probably running around troubleshooting and doing things, but from what some of the buzz you've heard after the festival?
6: I think know. one main theme that we all need to continue to work on is that um, we, we want to grow this movement even more. We want to bring more people to the table, puns included, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, the, everyone out there, you know, eats, hopefully. Um, and if they don't, we want to help them in that regard as well. But, um, we want to help them realize there's, there's so much more here if we kind of do it as a community and from the culture standpoint, from the economy standpoint, from the environment standpoint. Um, so I think just growing the number of eaters who have this on their radar and I think it is getting on people's radar for sure.
2: I mean, food's pretty awesome in that way, right? You know, whether you eat it, buy it. Are activist in the movement, growing it. You know, you're everyone's part of it.
3: Right. Yeah. Every but, dollar you spend on food is is a political statement. They say. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also, I mean, just to get it.
6: I mean, everyone to a, a slice of of our entire community, because because everyone, um, eats. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I'm capturing that well. Lucas can probably capture it a little bit. I agree.
5: I I think one of the parts to mention is just I think there's some people in our community and maybe anywhere where they see a kind of. A local food movement going on is this idea of inclusiveness or, or do I ha- can I be a part of that? You know, if you mm. if you don't garden, maybe it's a little intimidating, you know, to to start to think about growing your own food. So mm-hmm. I just think one of the big things to come out of it is just to show people, like, this is an accessible community and anybody, anybody can come in. I mean, just a few years ago I, you know, had no idea about it, and now I'm, you know, just right in the thick of it, and it's just anyone who's interested and wants to know more can, you know, do their part and be a part of it.
2: I love it. Well, I would love to extend a huge thank you to the three of you for your organizing and the many others out there who are are doing this work. Um, but we have Shannon Brines, Jason Frenzel, Lucas DeGia. Um, thanks to all of you for, for joining us today and the on the show to, to give us, you know, those of us who couldn't be there, a little recap of the summit. Thanks,
3: Laura. Thank um, you. You're welcome.
2: Yeah. So why don't we take a, a music break and then hopefully we'll come back uh, and talk a little bit more about the Waterhill area of, of Ann Arbor and some of the things going on there. So how about let's go to Sweeter Than This. This is a song by Katie Herzig. And I, what's sweeter than a local food summit? I don't know. Are back, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. This is it's Hot in Here Radio. Um, so we we just heard some great, some great um local movement that's happening in the food front. What we have going on this week, and actually we wanted to highlight a couple things going on in the Water Hill area of of Ann Arbor, and this one I've never been to um, but I'm so excited to go this year. It's the Water Hill Music Festival. It's happening this coming Sunday, May sixth, from two to six p.m. So, uh, Shannon, have you been to this before?
6: Yeah, it's amazing. That's H- what everyone I hear. should go try to check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, so, just to be able to walk around a community and then just people are playing music on their front porch and whatnot. It, it, yep. I mean, yep. this, yep. this is the, ba- the
2: basic flavor, right? You know, so it's my understanding is all the musicians are people who you have to live in the neighborhood. To at be able to play least
6: person, at least one person I think in the band absolutely right, right, area. not like everyone said, yeah, yeah,
2: um and you can basically meander around the neighborhood, um looking for festival yard signs planting, planted in front yards of the neighborhood, indicating sites where these musicians will be performing on their own porches in their front yards in their driveways, you know, so bring a chair, walk or bike um. I don't know. It just sounds, I mean, really to me, it sounds like the future of what a, uh, a music festival, you know, in a sort of local vibrant, sustainable community could be is this, this kind of organic, um, you know, music, people that are, that are just showing up on their front porches. So the, again, that's Sunday, May 6th, um, this coming Sunday from two to 6 PM in the Water Hill area, which is kind of, you know, North, Northwest side of town. So we, also have now a little bit farther out in horizon, but we really want to help promo this amazing event that's going to be happening June 9th and tenth this year, and um, again in the in the same part of on the west side of Ann Arbor. It's the Mission Zero Fest, and I believe we have Matt Grokoff on the line. Matt, are you with us?
8: We do. I'm just wondering, am I the hundredth caller? Do I win a prize? Yes,
2: yes. Um, you get you know <laughs> tacos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and, you know, and a solar panel. So. I, I would love to hear. I, you've been on the program before, and we did, you know, we talked about your beautiful home um, on the west side. But can we hear more about this festival?
8: Oh my gosh, yes, yeah. It's the Mission Zero Fest, which is um, we started last year with a, a group of us: um, uh, Doug Selby and Michael Clement, and uh, the Ecology Center, and Growing Hope, and um, uh, Clean Water Action, Clean Energy Coalition, a bunch of other wonderful organizations. To uh, try to do something that was very different than the typical home tour, very different than the typical green fair, really giving people like practical things like, hey, this is really beautiful, but how do I do that to my house? What do I, you know, how do I change the way that I live at home that can really impact my family immediately, get us more comfortable, get us just change the way we live, make our lives better at home in order to make our our euphemistic bigger home <laughs> a better place to live.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, and,
8: um, uh, so this year we've uh, we've partnered with the city of Ann Arbor and a bunch of other organizations to make this huge huge event. And this year we're going to do it as a neighborhood event in the Water Hill neighborhood. So just a month after the Water Hill Music Festival, we're going to awesome. have Mission Zero Fest 2012 Water taking Hill. over the
2: streets of the neighborhood.
8: And uh, yeah, and there's a the reason we chose Water Hill was because it's engaged so much as a as a real neighborhood with the music fest and everything else, and it also has a uh, an unusual number of. Um, of homes that have um, uh, been certified green by different things, like, you know, LEED, some LEED Platinum homes in the neighborhood, and other folks that are just really starting from the ground and really want to commit to things, like just starting uh, from scratch, doing an energy audit, figuring out where they're losing energy.
2: So, so these homes will be on tour. Is that part of it?
8: So all of the homes were, are going to be, there's going to be uh, several homes on tour that are in the neighborhood, plus our house, uh, which is just outside the neighborhood over on 7th Street, um, to tour the Mission Zero house, uh, which is uh, uh, you know, the oldest house in America that's achieved net zero energy. And, uh, and then we're going to close off uh, Fountain Street. So we're going to have a big block party with local food, music, and all kinds of Workshops, everything from Joe Trumpy, who was on the show uh, last time with uh, together with me, and uh, uh, he's going to be talking about uh, straw bale. Um, we're going to have uh, uh, at, uh, at, at one of the organizers' homes in uh, the Waterhill neighborhood. They're going to they're be uh, some arborists deconstructing a tree that uh, uh, to make way for some solar. Uh, and and then milling it into lumber on site while everyone watches this urban tree that has to come down, um, be milled into something really useful. So it's okay. kind of this closed loop. Right. And uh, and then we're also going to have uh, Michigan Radio is hosting an Issues and Annals on Saturday um, from 12 to uh, 12 to 2 p.m. with um, uh, Henry Pollack, who is uh, a member of the. Um, International Panel for Climate Change that shared the Nobel Prize with Al Gore and Andy Hoffman from the uh, uh, from SNRE and the Herb School.
2: All right, and, a couple uh, local and rock stars.
1: About
8: some really compelling ways of how we, you know, how our homes impact climate change and how we can change the way and kind of redefine home and live better and then have a much smaller impact. So it's um it's gonna be pretty darn exciting. I
2: know, and I mean, it sounds like you have music and you know probably food and.
8: Yeah, and we're going to – just to give you an idea of how big this event is going to be, we're going to have 250 volunteers working right. on this. So it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. It's we're going to be doing live energy audits, like, all day long through different homes in the neighborhood, so people can actually walk through and see how an energy audit works, see a blower door test, um, and see how the smoke stick can see how uh, energy is leaking out of the home, and uh, infrared tests. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be really, really visual, very hands-on. And um, part of the whole Mayor's Green Fair weekend is what we're calling it now. So the Mayor's Green Fair is on Friday, June 8th. Oh,
1: and yeah. Saturday, starting nice. at 10 a.m.,
8: uh, we're going to start uh, lectures and workshops and home tours. Uh, and then it goes through through Sunday afternoon at, um, at 4 o'clock.
6: Isn't there a run in there somewhere, too? Dexter never run?
2: Oh, nice. Uh, they can run is that through the first week. Festival. Oh or is that the,
6: is that is that the, the week before?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs>
6: Sorry, don't call me on it. <laughs> So is that local businesses and local nonprofits that will be doing all those demos and displays then? Yes,
8: yeah, it's all local businesses, nonprofits, League of Conservation Voters, um, you name it. Name an organization, I can guarantee you they're involved in this in some way. And um, and everyone can go to missionzerofest.org and find us on Facebook. Also, um, everybody, right now, just go to Facebook and just look for Mission Zero Fest. I think it's uh, facebookcom slash fest, all one word. And um, and like it on Facebook, oh, yeah. um, and uh, so we're going to really start engaging the community and um, and just start talking about what folks want to see and what they want to learn from an event like this.
2: That's awesome. So Matt, do you still need volunteers for this day? Or we need lots of volunteers. You, still need so you lots. can also go to yeah.
8: missionzerofest.org. So it's all one word: missionzerofest.org. And over on the right column there, there's a um, volunteer for this year's event.
6: Yeah, yeah, that was Where- going to my My part of that was going to be how how could like students get involved like I mean, students don't necessarily own a home yet, but a lot of times they're yeah. interested in these ideas, so yeah. but it sounds like volunteering is one way to to get involved
8: yeah there's lots of really cool stuff that they can get involved with We We need everything from from uh from docents for the home tours, so they'll be coming the week ahead the docents to learn about the house and then share what they've learned about the specific things you know the insulation geothermal systems, the solar whatever it is in that home and share that with everyone who uh, comes through the house. Um, there, it's also going to be a, a – we're, we're targeting to make this a zero-waste event. So there's a bunch of uh, folks uh, really helping to organize how we um, compost all of the food, how we have um, uh, materials, you know, utensils and things that people are going to eat off of that will be actually compostable, and, um, and anything else uh, that's packaged or something it needs to be recyclable. So nothing will be leaving this festival that uh, – uh, came from the earth that can't go back into the earth and nourish it rather than taking from it
2: very in the spirit of the yeah the event yeah. I mean this and I mean basically year, sounds to push
8: the envelope a little bit further um, You know, next year we're really going to be looking into even having, you know, composting public toilets on site Um, and even when any of the cooking that's done, possibly using, like, induction portable cooktops that are powered by portable solar charging stations. So um, all of these things, we're going to eventually make this a, a, you know, target the event just like we are in our homes to be a zero emissions, zero waste event, and uh, even the water and everything else being captured right on site.
2: I like that because just even you know there's you're try- you're disseminating lots of great knowledge to people who come, but you're also kind of showing with through these kinds of experiments like well, okay well, how could a festival look different and feel different and be different? Yeah, not just a its festival, footprint.
8: but the, the way we live our lives in general, and that's why we're so excited about doing this as a neighborhood event now, and we people will come from all over the state, um, you know, and share in this excitement of everybody coming together, really learning how to you know compost, how to garden, how to. Um, how to repair their own bicycles, and um, uh, and of course the reskilling folks are also helping out, um, and uh, and uh, are going to be really yeah. coordinating some really wonderful workshops and hands-on things.
1: So, right, because there's no yearmore, shortage of skills. Really
8: have all like, the reskilling folks on board, and maybe even combining just, the two events and just oh, making them God. really, really big in the summertime, so we can uh, just kind of rethink everything. About the way we live in a community and have kind of this declaration of interdependence, where we all come together and make this wonderful event that is the example for everyone across the country and neighborhood by neighborhood, kind of change the way we live and improve our lives. It's a um, pretty exciting prospect.
1: Yeah. Can,
6: can we get the dates and time of the festival on the website again? Or? One more time. Yeah. So,
8: yeah, the website again is um, is dot org, and uh, it's a Saturday. The, the uh, Saturday. June 9th and Sunday, June tenth, uh, starting at ten a.m. on Saturday morning and eleven a.m. on Sunday morning, and the Friday night before is the Mayor's Green Fest. And a lot of the same organizations that are putting this on are going to be participating in uh, in the Mayor's uh, in the Marist Green Fair, and um, uh, and uh, and then also at uh, noon uh, on uh, on Saturday, we'll be doing the Issues and Ales uh, hosted by Michigan Radio. Um, that's going to be really cool, too, mm-hmm. because it's going to be this really you know, dynamic panel where the audience is going to be participating, and they're going to have little clickers for the audience we will be asking questions up on the screen, and uh, and so people are going to be able to give feedback live. Um, you know, how many people have done an energy audit? What do you think about this? Do you believe in global warming? All of these questions can be flickering across the screen with live interaction from the audience and then live questions and things. And, um and they'll be blogging live from the event, and then recording it for uh, future broadcasts on the Machine Radio website, and um, uh, and really just uh, have this big, big conversation about how our lives impact. Uh, the biosphere that we all
1: live in.
2: This sounds awesome, Matt. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited for this event coming up in June. And um, thank you so much for all of your hard work organizing to all of the organizers of the festival. Um, yeah. Good luck. And we we will definitely see you there. Yeah. And
8: definitely make June. sure everybody goes to the website and goes to Facebook and Twitter yeah. and um, find us on there. Like Check us, out. follow it and to ask questions and really engage. And hopefully everyone will be, uh, we hope this will be a very participatory, wonderful event that gets bigger every year.
2: So cool. Thank you so much, Matt, and, and we'll we'll be talking soon.
8: Yeah. Hey, Laura, thank you so much for having me on again, yeah. and um, we
2: will see you soon. Sounds good. All right. S- bye-bye. Thank you. So let's take it out on this. This is, this is for you, um, Matt, and everybody. Um, I want to take us out on Jefferson Starship. We built this city. So thanks for listening today, everyone. We will see you in the fall.
1: is your fight.
4: the stage.